Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not um, come through, so there's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now. Hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one place, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. Well, how do you digest a game like that? The Packers fall in Detroit 37-30. Fourth quarter defense not quite there for the Packers, but the season ends. And the Packers are moving on, looking ahead to the divisional round of the NFC playoffs, a game that will be played at Lambeau Field January 22nd or 23rd. Opponent to be determined. Welcome in. It's Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. It's Pella now, pay later at Pella Windows and Doors. That means five months, no first payment, plus five years, no interest. For details, visit PellaWI. Com. I'm Greg Matzik. Happy to have you along here until 6 o'clock on the Packers Radio Network. Voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee, will join us. We'll go through this game. We'll also look ahead to the postseason. Uh, we can get through some of the components of today's game. And really, the big takeaways for me are, well, Devontae Adams set a record. He eclipsed Jordy Nelson's single-season pass-receiving yards record today in the second quarter. And then he got out of Dodge. Aaron Rodgers eclipsed the 4,000-yard mark, passing for the season couple of touchdowns for Rodgers, another clean day in his MVP caliber season. And welcome back to the field, Josh Myers and David Bakhtiari. Maybe the most significant takeaway from today's game is that Bakhtiari and Myers apparently got through the game healthy. Uh, I do believe Bakhtiari was on a bit of a pitch count. He looked exhausted, if I'm being candid, on the sidelines in the second quarter. Uh, conditioning is a thing, and uh, they'll likely rely on Bakhtiari when the postseason begins. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us here on the program, we will take your calls until 6 o'clock tonight. Uh, it was an interesting start to this game. You had the feeling that Detroit would just sort of go for broke on occasion, and we did see glimpses of that throughout the game with mixed results, but more good results than bad for Detroit. You, you saw him try a fake punt uh, early in this game. That did not work. But you also saw him try a trick play that led to a touchdown. In fact, two trick plays that led to a touchdown. One was a bomb, 74 yards, and the other was a uh, 36-yard trick play that led to a touchdown. So yeah, you never like to see success in that regard, and it happened against the, uh, the Packers today, unfortunately. 75 yards officially and 36 yards officially trick plays for touchdowns. I kind of disagree with John Kuhn. If you listen to the game broadcast, he said, well, now that stuff's on tape. The Packers are going to get greased by that in the postseason. My ultimate thought is coaches are far less willing to pull those plays out in the postseason because it is such a high-risk, high-reward sort of play. It can be sort of a jump starter, but it can also be an absolute deflator. So I was not surprised to see the Detroit Lions do it today. My guess is you're not going to see much of that throughout the postseason. I just don't think you see much of it. So I disagree with John Kuhn's assessment that this is troublesome for the Packers, although you you still don't like to see it. And seeing it today for a team that had nothing to play for except pride and another win on the ledger, I, I suppose they were playing for the number one pick if you want to look at it that way. So Detroit's win coupled with the Jaguars' win means the Lions line up with the number two pick in the NFL draft. Jaguars are going to pick number one. All right, you don't like seeing it, but... You know, more troublesome to me, just in general, 
was uh, the Packers' fourth-quarter defense. Playing without Devondre Campbell today, uh, there were several starters that played into the second half, so you never like to see you give up a lead, especially late in the fourth quarter, after you worked so hard to get the lead back, as the Packers did. Green Bay took a lead. It was 30-27 to in the fourth quarter. Things looking good after that Josiah DeGuara touchdown off the arm of Jordan Love. little screen play, and DeGuara did the rest. Uh, but the defense unable to come up with uh, enough stops down the stretch, a couple of interceptions as well, and the Lions walk away with a victory. 855-616-1620, if you'd like to join us here, we'll look ahead, we'll reflect on the season that was, a 13-4 and record, 13 wins for Matt LaFleur for the third straight season. So 39 regular season wins in three years. No coach in NFL history has ever done that to begin his career. So hats off to Matt LaFleur, but... Got to pay it off now in the postseason. The Packers have knocked on the door twice, and hopefully they'll uh, knock on the door and plow through that door in uh, this third year under Matt LaFleur. We'll also look ahead coming up here. Is there a team you don't want to see in Green Bay? There is one playoff position up for grabs here in the NFC, and the 49ers are in the driver's seat to get it. Uh, It's still possible the Saints could end up with that spot. Is there a team you don't want to see come to Green Bay? We'll talk about that as well. So we reflect, and we look ahead. Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Information for the Lions now. Jack Fox was a pro bowler a year ago. And now he's passed. Here's a loft down the left side, and it's incomplete. Pass intended for Igwebuike. It was a good-looking throw, but Igwebuike could not locate it. And we've got a Green Bay football at the Detroit 35-yard line, or just inside the 35. 7-0 Packers. Chevrolet is proud to be the best-selling brand in Wisconsin and the official vehicle of the Green Bay Packers. Trust Chevy on your team. Visit your local Chevy dealer today. I'm Greg Matzik. This is Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. We'd love to hear from you. The regular season is complete. The Packers move on to the postseason with a record of 13-4 and following today's 37-30 loss to the Lions. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. You heard the man with the call, voice of the Packers, Wayne Larvey. No dagger today, but Wayne joins us here on the program. Wayne, how do you think coaches digest a game like this? You know it was meaningless in terms of playoff positioning. You still want to go out and execute, and the Packers stumble down the stretch to a loss in Detroit. Yeah, you know, that's the problem. Greg, it's the finish. It's the way the game finished that I think most people, most football people would have a problem with. And, you know, the Packers had their chances. They took the lead and couldn't close it out. And um, I don't care who's out there for you, and I know the Packers didn't have all their starters in the game, but it wasn't a preseason game either. I mean, you had a lot of play- people who are going to be playing in that playoff game out there. And, and um, you know, that was disappointing, but I think they got done a lot of what they were hoping to. You know, Rodgers went in, played almost the entire first half, um, did his stuff, um, solidified his Hall of Fame credentials, Hall of Fame, his MVP credentials. Um, also, you know, he became the, only the sixth quarterback in NFL history to throw for 4,000 yards in 10 seasons uh, in a career. And then Devontae became the all-time receiving yardage leader in Green Bay Packers history, all-time single-season receiving yardage leader. And that, those are two things that I know they wanted to get done. Well, and they get out of the game primarily healthy. We'll, we'll await the, uh, the word on MVS and that back issue. I, I was very excited to see David Bottieri and Josh Myers on the field 
here, Wayne. My my guess, and I haven't heard from Lafleur yet. We'll try and play his comments back. My guess is that Bakhtiari was on a bit of a pitch count. Uh, he looked exhausted on the sidelines, and we have to remember that conditioning and gameplay. It's yeah. it's something he's been removed from from over a year. And Greg, that's why it was so important for him to play today, and also Josh Myers. You just you cannot, especially at this time of year when you're not doing a lot in practice uh, physically, you can't get that same kind of conditioning that you would at training camp, you know, or even earlier in the season. So I think that was significant, those two guys getting back on the field. They came through apparently okay. Um, Chandon Sullivan is another guy that um, we're kind of waiting on to see what happened with him. He had, a, from what John Kuhn described as a knee problem uh, when he came out late in the ball game. And, and you know, they're going to get Jair Alexander back in two weeks. And he's, from what all, all I've heard, is look great in practice. And so, um, you know, I, I think the Packers, if they can get MVS, if that's not a serious problem, get him back, uh, they'll be at full strength. And Alan Lazard is really coming on nicely. He is. A couple of touchdowns today. I, I think Randall Cobb is uh, on the, the mend here, Wayne, and potentially able to return for the postseason. What I appreciate about the offensive lineman returning is that it, now if you're Matt LaFleur, you can at least try and assess your best starting five and, and get them out there on the field. We saw Lucas Patrick move back to guard with Myers back at center. Uh, that's probably the preference, Myers and Patrick uh, on that side. Uh, but now you've at least got a, a full complement to try and figure out with the possible exception of Billy Turner. Yeah, and no, exactly. And this is going to be uh, interesting to see what they're able to do these next two weeks. They're going to work this week, um, the off week, and that's good. Um, it's not going to be like a, a bye week type situation. And, and I think today essentially they got done what they wanted to, Greg, and I guess uh, for those of us that you know are looking for such things, it, it was a little disappointing defensively. Um, that people were as wide open as they were. Larry kept saying the Lions appeared to be, from our vantage point, a step or two ahead of the Packers. And, you know, I, I just wonder, okay, the Lions, this is their last game. It's their Super Bowl. They're throwing all these things out there. And then you've got the Packers, and, yeah, they're going into this game. They're playing this game. But I, I don't know if you can get to an emotional pitch uh, the way you normally would if there was something more on the line than what they were trying to do out there. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. If you'd like to join us here on the program, happy to be joined by the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larvey. So, still a little drama here, Wayne, as uh, seating has to get sorted out here by the end of the day. The Niners are still in the mix for the final playoff spot. As you assess the NFC contingent of teams, is there a team that's on your radar as being one you don't want to see come to Green Bay? Yeah, I'd say Dallas um, for two reasons. Number one, we don't know a whole lot about Dallas. We haven't seen them this year in person. Um, but number two is they've got explosive players. Uh, they've got an ability to run the football uh, that will translate into a, a late January game in Green Bay. Um, big playmakers, as I mentioned, they've got playmakers on that defensive side of the football too. So Dallas is a team that concerns me a little bit. Um, here's the thing I, I personally, from my standpoint, looking at it as a, an observer, I wouldn't want to see the Packers have to play the Cowboys and the Rams. One or the other somewhere along the line, but not both on the way to the Super Bowl. That would be tough. Well, the 49ers are an interesting outfit, too, because uh, they look like they could take down just about anybody with their ability to run the football, their physicality. And, and let's not forget the Saints have given Tom Brady and the Buccaneers all sorts of fits. So that one of those final spots becomes uh, intriguing. Uh, there is no easy out here, I don't believe. Yeah, you know, in, in Philadelphia, I was surprised they went down the way they did last night. But, again, 
I, I wasn't paying close enough attention to the game to know who was playing and who wasn't and that type of thing. And, you know, the Packers held out several players today. Um, you know, uh, Aaron Jones, who just torches the Lions on an annual basis, and uh, Devondre Campbell didn't play in this ball game. Both probably would have played if it was a, a game in the regular season the Packers needed or a playoff game, that type of thing. So, you know, it's hard to tell these late-season games, Greg, unless you're really tuned into the teams that are playing as to who's really going for it and who isn't and that type of thing. So, uh, But I, Dallas was impressive in that win last night, the way they pulled away from the Eagles. Wayne, you mentioned Jair Alexander. When Matt LaFleur was talking of Alexander throughout the week, he said, no, we're not going to play him. He was off the COVID list but only had about a day at practice. That seemed encouraging to me, almost as if to say if he weren't on the COVID list, he would have had a full week of practice and and maybe played in today's game. Did you read it the same way? Yeah, no question, Greg. Uh, before he went on the COVID list, you know, he'd been doing things. Um, he'd been running plays on the scout team offense, you know, and, and running some defense type of thing. And, and uh, he apparently is very healthy. Now, he's healthy from a conditioning standpoint, from his legs, that type of thing. Uh, what you don't know about is the shoulder. And will it hold up? Um, and, and, uh, they felt more comfortable giving him an extra two weeks to get that shoulder to where maybe it will hold up um, because that's the thing we don't know about. You know, takes a hit on that shoulder, what will happen? Um, will it be one and done? You don't know. Uh, but at least now giving him more time, uh, hopefully that shoulder will be close to 100% when he goes out there in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering how they test it, right? I mean, they don't tackle at practice. and <laughs> no, <laughs> like, You no. know what I mean? Like, how do you test the integrity of a shoulder when you don't tackle? Uh, yeah, and, you know, I wonder if you hit the sled or something like that. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, you know. I, I don't know if you really do, um, Craig, and you just hope that he's had enough time to get that shoulder healed. Um, but remember, when he busted up that shoulder, we were talking surgery at one point. So um, it was a pretty severe injury, and, and they're just giving him a little more time. And um, I think they'll be okay in, in that secondary. I, I really do. But, um, again, today it's hard to tell. You know, I know the Packers competed uh, Matt tried to get them to, you know, where he needed them to be to win the ball game, and they had an opportunity to do that. But in the end, you know, um, football is played on a lot of emotion, and maybe I don't know. I'm not going to say the Packers were, weren't emotional; they were, and they competed hard, and they came back in that game. But you know what I mean? The edge that you kind of play with in a regular season game or a playoff game probably wasn't quite there for the Packers today. Wayne, travel safe. Great call as always. Hop across the pond. You'll be home before you know it. And we'll talk to you again when the playoffs begin. All right. Sounds great, Greg. Talk to you in a couple of weeks. All right. Take care. 37-30, the final. The Packers finish the regular season with a record of 13-4. and It's on to the postseason. Who will come to Green Bay? Well, we'll get that all sorted out here in the next week or so as uh, the playoff contingent of teams is still being sorted out. It's kind of a mess, but uh, fun to go through here in the final week of the regular season. More Packers radio after this. Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not come through. So there's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now, hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one place, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network.
Well, the regular season is in the books. So officially, the Packers finished with a record of 13-4 and following today's 37-30 loss to the Detroit Lions. Welcome back in. It's Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Before we get back to your calls at 855-616-1620, we'll step aside 10 seconds for a station ID. 10 for an ID on the Packers Radio Network. You're listening to WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee, a good karma brand station. Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin helps keep you upright on game day and every day. There is a difference. I should note that the uh, the number I gave out, 855-616-1620, is a, also a text line if you'd like to text into the program. Uh, we'll go through it all. Your calls, texts that uh, range from the logical, Greg, how does it work when records are made? Dante received the passing yards for a season record over Jordy Nelson, but had an extra game in the regular season. How do they do that? Very logical question. Uh, there will be some sort of notation, I suppose, in the record books. Also keep in mind that Adams missed a game during the regular season. He did not play in the Arizona game for what it's worth, so ends up being a 16-game season for Adams in terms of his stats. Uh, though there was an extra game on the overall schedule, but Adams missed a game. We'll also read the absurd. Matzik, you are wrong. Nothing positive about the game when you lose, especially to losers like Detroit, WTF. So it's not a positive thing that Aaron Rodgers came out of the game healthy or that Devontae Adams came out of the game healthy? I, that, that's not a good thing. It's not a good thing the Packers played a meaningless game. They got to this point with 13 wins and secured their position. Oh, I'm sorry. You're the kind of guy who thinks that extra... Games in the regular season, regardless of their importance, are more meaningful than anything. That preseason games also somehow matter in the equation. The game was meaningless. You got through healthy. You got to see David Bakhtiari and Josh Myers on the field. Those are also both positive. So an absurd text from the 715. We'll read those as well. Nick in lacrosse joins us on Packers OT. Nick, welcome to the program. How are you doing, Greg? Love the show, man. I appreciate it. What uh, you got? Just a, just a couple of things that I noticed at the uh, with the game today. First off, it was incredible to see uh, Bakhtiari Myers back, um, getting getting in the thick of it right off the bat and looking great, like they haven't missed a beat. Um, that was huge. Um, a couple of downsides I I saw today that I'd love to hear your thoughts about. One. Um, the the absence of Devondre Campbell was, in my opinion, um, very noticeable. And with that, um, and I've noticed this over the last, I would say, three or four weeks of the season, um, Darnell Savage is struggling. And he, he looks out like he's out there, as, as uh, the guys on the radio were saying today, like just a step behind everybody. And, um, you know, I'm on... Amon Ra St. Brown just ate his lunch today, and I felt like um, that's something that teams moving into the playoffs are going to be looking at when they're looking at their slot receivers. Um, anything up the middle, in the middle of the field, is just right for the picking, it seems like, right now. And um, Yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts, man. Yeah, I appreciate the phone call, Nick. So a couple of things. So defensively, at least in the last couple of weeks, the Packers' run defense has stabilized a little bit. It did not look very good against the Bears, the Ravens, the Browns won over 200 yards. Then things got better against the Vikings, and that's a pretty good rushing attack in Minnesota led by a pro bowler. And today Detroit really didn't get much done on the ground. You know, a little over three, about three, three and a half a carry, we'll call it, with their main running backs. Uh, but Jared Goff, it, it seemed a little easy for him at times. Uh, there were a couple of moments in the second half where it looked like the defense kind of stabilized. 
Um, you had a, a, a three and out. You had a couple three and outs, as a matter of fact. Uh, but ultimately, you give up 14 points, or I should say 13 points in the fourth quarter. And especially when you have a lead, that's disappointing to see. Uh, there is no doubt Devondre Campbell makes a, a significant impact on this defense. Uh, you saw a missed tackle by Oren Burks that led to a pretty sizable gain. My feeling is Campbell makes that tackle and Burks misses it, and, and there you go. Detroit's off to the races and uh, set up for pretty good field position where they ultimately score. That kind of stuff is troubling. Uh, I did not like to see what I saw with the pass defense and the fourth quarter defense as well. I think regardless of who's on the field, you have an opportunity to close the game out, and the Packers weren't able to do it, and they had several opportunities on offense as well. What I saw out of the starting offense, and I think this is most important to try and dissect, is I, okay, right? I mean, it, it, it was quick. It was in rhythm. It was 13 plays, 74 yards, right down the field into the end zone, and boom, you're up 7 nothing. But after that fake punt, well, you talk about an opportunity to just step on a team, the Packers take over at the 35-yard line and go nowhere. In fact, they go backwards with a, a sack of Aaron Rodgers on a third and nine, which you never like to see. Dennis Kelly, who do I go to here? There's two guys running at me. i got to block one of them. And a, another rusher was left untouched, and Rodgers went down. So you end up going backwards, and the inability to sort of step on a team, especially a team like the Detroit Lions, I think that's a little frustrating. Uh, the offense... It eventually got back into the end zone toward the end of the first half, seven plays, 75 yards. I mean, I, th- I didn't think it was terrible offense by the Packers, but they missed some opportunities in that first half with their first unit. The way it started, you felt like one more drive like that, and, and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, everybody's done. Right? Two quick drives in rhythm, everything's looking smooth. Get them off the field. What's the point in having them out there any longer? Uh, but after that three and out, my feeling was Matt LaFleur wanted to see a little bit more, and it turned out it was a, about a full half of action for the bulk of the Packers' starters. So uh, as for the second half offense led by Jordan Love, uh, some bright spots, some not-so-bright spots. He had mistakes made. I think that led to the interceptions that were thrown, a tip pass that ultimately bounced off the hands of Amari Rodgers into the Lions' hands, uh, and then a, a kind of a free rusher where Jordan Love had no choice but to get rid of a ball on a play that, that looked like it had some promise to Economia St. Brown. The ball never really got to him. It was a rushed and forced throw. Again, the inability to stop a rusher was problematic there. So I didn't like the finish. Certainly didn't like the finish. And the Packers will have to play better in the postseason. But I am not using today as a reason for concern going into the postseason. That, to me, that is foolish. If you're looking at today's game saying, well, this is it. This is why they're going to lose in the playoffs at Lambeau Field. I, that's just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. 855-616-1620. Let's uh, grab Matt in Burlington. You're up next on Packers OT. Hi, Matt. Hey, good afternoon. Um, I'm confident with the Packers going into the postseason. More confident than I've been um, many other years under like Mike McCarthy and such. Uh, but I'm, I'm actually going one step further. This is a sobering reminder that for the last 30 years of my life, we've been blessed with two, you could argue, world-class quarterbacks back-to-back. How many franchises and organizations get a chance to get, you know, a Brett Favre and an Aaron Rodgers? And then I think again, we only have two Super Bowl trophies to show for it. There's a lot riding on this season because I think the sobering reality is whenever Rodgers hangs up his cleats in Green Bay and either rides off the sunset or potentially goes elsewhere, uh, I think those last three minutes or four minutes of football we saw with Love is going to be possibly a, a realistic reality for Packers fans. So, 
I'm putting an awful lot on the rest of this playoff run here, and I'm really hoping they can pull it off. I'd like to have one, you know, a third Super Bowl trophy in Green Bay because I think with 30 years of those two great quarterbacks, uh, the fans and the city and the players deserve it. Thank you so very much. Yeah, no problem, Matt. Appreciate the phone call. I think that's a shared sentiment by many. Well, you feel like with with this level of quarterback play, you look at the Lombardi trophy case and you see two trophies next to all the ones that, you know, Bart Starr won. Hey, okay, all right. Yeah, you'd like a little more given their success level. No doubt. And the sustained success level the Packers have had. And there's a lot riding on this season. There is no doubt. I am not judging the Packers entering the postseason based upon what I saw today. I'm also not judging Jordan Love based upon what I saw today. There is much more to his story. There's no doubt about that. I don't know what it's going to begin. I don't think anybody does. I don't think he's going to become Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre. Who could have ever thought Aaron Rodgers was going to surpass Brett Favre's records in Green Bay? Nobody saw that coming either. Uh, But I'm not judging his future based upon what I saw today. But yes, there will be a step back. There's no doubt there will be a step back and. Aaron Rodgers in a Packers uniform is critical to the Packers' success. For as long as he's able to play in Green Bay, he is critical to the Packers' success. No doubt about that. 37-30 the final. The Packers led 7-0, and then Detroit responded and ultimately took a 17-13 lead at the half. It was Detroit that scored a touchdown, the only one of the third quarter. Green Bay stormed back, and Love was a part of that puzzle in the fourth quarter, but two interceptions also spelled doom for the Packers as it helped lead to Detroit points. They score 13 in the fourth quarter to secure the 37-30 win. Let's grab another phone call here. We've got Ann in Michigan joining us next on Packers OT. Hi, Ann. Hey there, guys. Love the show. Um, Two questions for you. First of all, I wonder, um, I I know our defense has been uh, hot and cold all season, but how much of today's problems were directly a result of uh, Devondre Campbell being out um, for the whole game? And secondly, uh, when I was listening to pregame, one of the guys was talking about uh, how he was looking forward to seeing Jordan Love play in the second half today because Jordan has been getting all of the first-team reps uh, for the last three or four weeks since uh, Aaron's toe problem. Um, I was not at all impressed with Jordan Love in the second half today, so I guess I'd like to hear your thoughts both on the absence of Devondre Campbell and um, and uh, maybe where Jordan Love's going to be headed for next year. Thanks a bunch, guys. Yeah, appreciate the phone call, and I, you know, I, I think Devondre Campbell is maybe the best tackler on the Packers defense. So you certainly miss him when he's out. Uh, he played at a Pro Bowl caliber level, and then you're talking about being replaced by Oren Burks, who is primarily a special teamer. So that it's a pretty significant drop-off. In fact, I, I think part of the reason you didn't see Campbell on the field today is because of the level of drop-off. Like, where do you go if Devondre Campbell can't play? Uh, there's not much of an option there. You've got Chris Barnes, but he's more of a, a run-stuffer and kind of a thumper. Uh, Campbell can be used in coverage, a little more side-to-side. Uh, he's just an outstanding player, an outstanding pickup. So they definitely missed him today. There's a couple plays I can think of off the top of my head where you feel like Campbell would have made the play, and Oren Burks did not. As for Love, again, I'm not judging his long-term future based upon what I saw today. He delivered a, a pass on third and ten to Javon Winfrey in the second half, and Winfrey fumbled the football, and that drive was over. I don't think it would have been a first down anyway, but nonetheless, uh, that was a mistake made that ended a drive after just three plays. 
after that, uh, on a fourth and two, I, I, I tried to look at the play. There was a fourth and two, and the Packers were on the, the Lions side of the field, and it, it, it looked to me like Love did somewhat of a hard count to draw the defense off sides, and Aaron Rodgers kind of pumped his fist on the sidelines. My first thought when seeing the play was, you know, that's what the understudy does. He, he takes what the Hall of Famer is doing and applies it to his own game. That was my first thought. So it was, it was a first down via penalty. Play was never run. And because Dennis Kelly moved, it was not a free play. Uh, you'd like to see the lineman sort of stay in his stance, but it, it, it may have been blown dead anyway due to a you know unabated to the quarterback kind of situation. I thought that was a good thing. Uh, and it, it looked to me like Jordan Love sort of forced the action on that. It ultimately led to a field goal, but 11 plays, 58 yards, a little over five minutes of time, and uh, it resulted in a field goal. Third and seven pass fell incomplete. The next drive, you had a third down conversion, you had a fourth down conversion, you had another third down conversion, and ultimately that drive ended in a touchdown. That, that might have been the best drive Love put together, 12 plays, 57 yards. What I didn't really see him do is cut it loose. And that's still a bit of a mystery to me. The check down game, the stuff to the flat, hitting a guy over the middle on a, a sort of a quick hitter, the out pattern. Like, I've seen that from Jordan Love. We just haven't seen him drive the ball down the field. He was forced to do it late in the game, and uh, it looked like he and EQ just weren't on the same page on a deep ball that, that looked like it maybe had a chance. And then the other pass he threw where he, he really did fling it, he was just under duress and, and let it go. That play didn't have a chance. So I don't know. I think he knows the offense. I think he has pretty good command of the offense. It's about seeing things happen on the field, trying to step up and use his legs when he can. I, I think he can do that and be successful. A couple good drives today, but he also had a couple of turnovers. Whether they were his fault or not, there was a couple of turnovers. It was a batted ball that bounced off the hands of Amari Rodgers. Got to secure your throwing lane before you let that ball go, something Love didn't do today. So I, not a lot of takeaways. There were some good and some bad from Jordan Love. Ultimately, what, 17 second-half points? Okay. All right. I, there were certainly more chances, but that's where it ended for Jordan Love today. 37-30, the final. What a crazy day. Week 18, the first ever in the NFL is... About halfway through. A lot of late games, a lot of late games with drama here as we help get you caught up to speed on what is going on around the league. Our look around the league is presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. So the week started with 18 teams mathematically alive for the postseason. Only the Packers had secured their playoff position. The number one seed in the AFC title was uh, was tilted in favor of the Chiefs after a Saturday afternoon win over the Broncos. So the Titans were in need of a win over the Texans to get it back. Tennessee started fast. Texans set to rush four. They may blitz. Here they come. Tannehill firing. Complete. Brown. Ten. Five. End zone. Touchdown, Titans! That's A.J. Brown! Titans Radio Network with the call. The Houston Texans stormed back, however, with 15 fourth-quarter points. But Tennessee took the ball with a little over four minutes left and never gave it back. 28-25 the final. The road to the Super Bowl in the AFC now goes through Nashville. The Chiefs are the number two seed. In Jacksonville, it was a win-and-you're-in situation for the visiting Colts. The Jaguars wanted no part of it. Shotgun. Oh, a high snap, but Trevor handles it. Scrambles away from trouble. Fires toward the back of the end zone. That ball is caught for the touchdown. Marvin Jones.
Lawrence Jr. in the back of the end zone. What a play by Trevor Lawrence, and Jacksonville has extended the lead. Jaguars Radio Network with the call. One or two touchdown passes on the day for the rookie, Trevor Lawrence. The Colts, in a must-win game, were barely competitive. 26-11, they fall on the road. A devastating loss. Colts are 0-5 in Jacksonville since 2014. As soon as that game ended, the Colts... And their fans became Ravens fans. Baltimore at home today against the Steelers in a must-win situation for both of those teams. History made today, or at least tied. Huntley in the gun. Freeman to his left. Wide side to his right. Fakes the handoff. Big rush. He's hit! T.J. Watt has the sack back at the five-yard line. And that breaks the record. There we go. T.J. Watt eclipsing Michael Strahan for the single-season sack record, 22-and-a-half. Did they give him credit for a full sack on that? I thought he tied the record. Nonetheless, that was a call from the Steelers radio network. Game would go to overtime where Chris Boswell connected on a 36-yard field goal. So here's the deal. The win keeps the Steelers alive. If the Chargers and Raiders tie tonight... Like, like that's the that's the doom and gloom situation, right, for Pittsburgh? This is crazy. The Ravens are out, by the way, and so are the Indianapolis Colts. You have to think that extinguishes the flame on whatever MVP talk surrounding Jonathan Taylor that existed. Late games today, Saints are leading the Falcons 7-3. The Saints absolutely need a win. Their playoff chances are still alive. They need a win and a San Francisco loss to the Rams in order to sneak in. Bills lead the Jets 7-0. Those Rams lead the 49ers 3-0 with 13.09 left in the second quarter. Dolphins lead the Patriots 14-0. First quarter wrapping up in Miami. Cardinals and Seahawks are tied at 7. It's a game that means something for the Cardinals who are trying to improve or at least hold on to their seed in the NFC and possibly even catch the Rams for the NFC West Division crown. Panthers lead the Buccaneers. It is 7-3 in Tampa Bay. The Panthers are knocking on the door here, looking to score. And uh, right now they're facing a fourth down near the goal line. We'll keep you updated on that situation. Buccaneers looking to hang on or improve their seat as well. Earlier today, Browns over the Bengals 21-16. It was the Vikings over the Bears 31-17. Washington over the Giants 22-7 in a game that meant nothing in terms of the standings. And it was a late game tonight featuring the Chargers and Raiders. It also has playoff implications. The weekend's tonight, no Monday night football. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. We've got more after this on the Packers Radio Network. From the 43, here's the snap. Goff in the pocket looking under pressure. He's hit and sacked. And it is Dean Lowry who rides on the scene, striking Paynard back at the 35-yard line. A nice individual effort from Dean Lowry today. Sack, tackle for loss. Been a decent season for Lowry. Packers fall in Detroit 37-30. The regular season ends. Green Bay finishes with a 13-4 record. It's on to the postseason. Playoff opponent to be determined. That playoff seating is still to be determined here in the NFC and AFC, for that matter, as we await the results of the late games and uh, the late game tonight as well. No Monday Night Football. Everything gets sorted out today. Playoff matchups will be sorted out by the end of tonight's action. So the Packers play a bit of a waiting game as uh, they will have games at Lambeau Field so long as they are in the postseason. 855-616-1620 if you would like to join us here. It's Mike in Lombard, Illinois, joining us next on Packers OT. Hey, Mike. Hey, how you doing? Nice show today again, as always. Um, I agree with you. 
it's just a loss. Detroit pulled out all the stops, the gadget plays, and, you know, and the Packers almost pulled it out, so I don't get too excited about this loss. We've been nice, though, for, for love and company. I'm just, uh, do you think Rodgers, Amari Rodgers, will be in the playoff roster? He can't be in the playoff roster, not because of this game, but the whole the whole season. I think, hopefully, Cobb will be back. Just your opinion. I think he's a waste of a third-round draft pick. Maybe it's overstated uh, because of the fact that uh, he's, he's only a rookie, but they haven't gotten nothing out of him. And you made two decisions today that weren't too smart. That's all. Thanks, guy. Yeah, appreciate the phone call, Mike. You know, we had a, a note on the text line as well saying, what's up with Amari? Seems to be continuing to make bad decisions coming out of the end zone. Can we afford to keep him active on the postseason rosters? So a, a similar question here. My thought is... With regard to the postseason roster, yes. I, I do think he's a part of the postseason roster, but that doesn't mean he is going to be the guy to return punts and kicks. That's his primary role. It's, it's special teams. So I, I do think if you run into a situation where a person you target has an issue or an injury, at least I'd like to have somebody with some experience back there, although it's been a, a rocky season for Rodgers. I'm not willing to write him off or say it's a waste of a third-round pick. But it's not been a good season. I don't think he's fast either. Does anybody else watch him and say it looks like his legs are moving quick, but he's not really going anywhere? Like, is that a weird way to put it? I don't think he's fast at all. And today, with you know time of the essence, uh, late in the fourth quarter after the Lions kick a field goal, he brings the ball out. I mean, what are you doing here? You need every second on the clock possible. And it's not like the Packers' return unit has been clicking on all cylinders. He did have one nice punt return today. He's had some issues with the punt return game. In fact, he was replaced. He had uh, he had more. The, the guy the Packers picked up out of out of nowhere, threw on the practice squad, then elevated uh, in the Browns game. Uh, maybe it was the Vikings game. No, I've lost track. But nonetheless, he was unavailable today. Uh, but may end up being the return man the Packers stick with in the postseason. I know you get Randall Cobb back. That's a little bit of a roll of the dice, uh, and also in, in Cobb's opportunities here, we also saw him fumble. So there was a point this year where I just thought the Packers' special teams was cursed. Not great today, right? We're still talking about a missed extra point that appeared to be all on Crosby, just pushed it right. Bad decision by Rodgers to you know, bring the ball out uh, instead of just letting the ball go into the end zone late in the game. So this remains a, a head-scratching unit. Had a couple decent weeks against Cleveland and Minnesota, but it has got to be sharp. And sharp might just be not making a mistake in the postseason. I don't know if you can expect too much. Uh, but Amari Rogers is a gamble. He is a gamble. I do think he ends up on the postseason roster, uh, which can fluctuate by game, right? Just because he's on the roster for one game, it doesn't mean he'll be on for the next. But he may not be the return man on punts and kicks, right? He could be on the roster, but that doesn't mean that his position will be intact. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. we got text streaming in on the talk and text line. Also, uh, questions on Twitter. We can do that, too, at GMatzik if you'd like to follow me on Twitter. we got you covered here. Every which way but loose as we reflect on the regular season, today's game, and look ahead to the postseason. Is there a team you don't want to see come to Green Bay? We'll take your thoughts as we continue till 6 o'clock. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Receiver to the left, Rodgers under center, play action. Rodgers looking downfield for the shot. Left side, Lazar, he's got a touchdown! Oh, 
what a play. Great throw. They are able to beat the coverage. Linebacker coverage on Lazard that time by Barnes. Derek Barnes, the rookie. A gorgeous throw. And Lazard, a tumbling grab. Well, win or lose, a fresh haircut is always a great way to boost your mood. It's even better when it's easy to get in and out of the salon. That's why customers love the Great Clips online check-in app. It's easy in, easy out. Easy, great. Alan Lazard, our Great Clips player of the game today. Five receptions, 75 yards, two touchdowns. MVS was lost in this game due to injury. Randall Cobb, of course, not playing. I think he'll be back for the postseason. And uh, it was Alan Lazard, uh, the team's leading receiver, at least in terms of yardage today. Five receptions, 75 yards, and two scores. He was targeted six times. He is your Great Clips, great player of the game. 855-616-1620 if you would like to join us here on the program. Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Let's talk to John in Oshkosh. You're up next on Packers OT. Hi, John. Hi. Hey, how you doing? Say, um, I'd like to say hi, first of all, to Sam Pike in uh, Milwaukee. I hope he's still kicking. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know what? I am the definitive um, realist. You know, this game here <laughs> really was Nothing more than a glorified uh, last game of preseason. I mean, it, it, was, it had the qualities. You know, you had the starting quarterback, Rodgers. We all knew he wasn't going to play more than a half. We also knew that there were the guy, guys in and out. We knew Love was going to play, all that stuff. And really, uh, this game will be totally forgotten uh, if probably – after next weekend, when people watch it, stuff and know where we stand in the playoffs and where we're going to, you know. But it, it just it bothers my mind how many doubting Thomases there are out there and negative people. Uh, it's, it was a revolving door for some players today, and that's the way I look at it. Like I said, I'm a realist. If somebody would have said that we'd have the home field advantage throughout the playoffs in the NFC last say last June, I would say, I'll take it. <laughs> so I'm ready for the playoffs. We'll see a we'll see a completely different team in our first playoff game. Believe me, it's going to be intense and it's uh, it's going to have a lot of drama. So that's what I stand. Yeah, appreciate it, John. So, yeah, the reality is this, you know, the Packers are still two wins away, two home wins away from reaching the Super Bowl. And Green Bay was 8-0 at home this season. Now, I, I, I'm not looking at today's game and saying this is the reason the Packers will succeed or stumble in the postseason. I'm not willing to go that far. I do, however, look for trends. And the early trend for the Green Bay Packers was to clamp down on defense and work through some kinks on offense. And a lot of those kinks, I think, were due to you know, the offensive line shuffling that happened seemingly on a, a weekly basis. The high-water mark for the Packers' defense was in that win over Seattle, 17 nothing. right? They shut out the Seattle Seahawks. The offense was okay, certainly not great, a below-average day. And the defense was spectacular as Russell Wilson was trying to fight his way back from injury. Uh, maybe he came back too soon. He certainly did not look like his usual self that day. But following that game, and the Packers were a top-five defense. In terms of points allowed, and that's really what matters most, I think, points allowed, it was outstanding. Now, keep in mind, the Packers have never won a Super Bowl without a top-five defense. But after that game, 
They gave up 34 to Minnesota. They gave up 28 to the Rams. They gave up 30 to the Bears. They gave up 30 to the Ravens. They allowed the Browns to run for over 200 yards. And then they came back with a nice defensive performance, uh, really maybe the most complete performance of the season, in a 37-10 win over the Vikings. And then today, 37-30, okay, and maybe the numbers are a little bit skewed because of who didn't play in the second half. But nonetheless, I think you can still look at you know the final six, seven weeks of the season and say it's, it's a trend that you don't like. And, and that's what has me most concerned of anything. So now you're back to a point where you're, you're middle of the pack-ish with your points allowed per game, somewhere I think it was 13th going into today's game. So it might move a little bit here. But that's where they were under Mike Pettin. Like, it, like it's really no different. You know what I mean? After a hot start, it has really leveled off. The, the offense has picked up, no doubt about that. Their end of the bargain is being held. But I, I hope we're not back to a point where if the Packers don't score 30 points, they don't win the game. I mean, 30 wasn't enough to win the game today. So I, that's the one thing I look at going into the postseason that gives me a little bit of pause. Point production, yards on the ground, it's been kind of a mess for the Packers uh, down the stretch. Uh, that has to improve. Uh, there's no doubt about it. That has to improve going into the postseason. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here. We've got uh, all sorts of nuggets coming out of the locker room, too. Uh, I want to get you up to speed on on what I know about why David Bakhtiari left the game. Same for Josh Myers. What are Matt LaFleur's thoughts following today's 37-30 win? We'll get through that coming up. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Welcome back in. It's Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Greg Matzik with you till 6 o'clock tonight. The Whatever It Takes play of the game is presented by Brian Teating and Cooling. Eight-yard line of Green Bay. Snapped the love. Screens it out left side. Aguara turns up field 40. He's to the 45. Yeah, the tackle. Into the clear. To the 40. To the 30. He's gone. To the 10. To the 5. Touchdown. Josiah Deguara. Oh, my goodness. 63 yards. The whatever-it-takes play of the game is presented by Bryant Heating and Cooling, doing whatever it takes to keep your family comfortable. Find your local dealer at bryant.com. Yes, 66 receiving yards on the day for DeGuara, 62 officially on that one play. Two-point conversion, good. That gave the Packers a 30-27 to lead. It was a quick drive, just four plays, 75 yards in a minute and 50. Uh, DeGuara doing all the work. I mean, it was uh, put in the right spot, and Jordan Love delivered the pass, but it was DeGuara's... Little shimmy shake near the line of scrimmage, uh, ultimately busting through the secondary with only a linebacker and safety in chase. He ran into the end zone to give the Packers the lead. Jordan Love did his thing on the two-point conversion, and the Packers led thirty to twenty-seven. However, they ended up stumbling and falling in this game, thirty-seven to thirty. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. If you'd like to join us here, Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. As we go through the day, is, is there a team you don't want to see come to Green Bay? Is there a team that you very much want to see come to Green Bay? Uh, we've got mixed results here on the text line. If you'd like to hit me up on Twitter, it's at GMatzik. Uh, some want to see Dallas. Others don't want to see Dallas. People don't seem to fear the Buccaneers because of their injury situation. Uh, it really is all across the board here. I've got to vote for San Francisco. You don't want to see that running offense come back and... Not a team the Packers beat earlier this season, but certainly playing better. 
uh, although they trail the Rams 17-3. to So the Niners are not a guarantee for the postseason just yet. Curious to know your thoughts here. 855-616-1620. Let's talk to Alan uh, in Seymour. Thanks for holding. Alan, you're on Packers OT. Yeah, thank you for uh, taking my call. After we took the lead in the fourth quarter, there was four minutes left, and, and Detroit started with the ball. Where was our defense to stop them? There, there was no pass rush. We didn't sack the quarterback. We should have sacked the quarterback three times in a row. They would have kicked. We got the ball, and and maybe we could have, you know, had had a good chance of of running down the clock. But like you said before, lately we we can't close out the opposition. We got a chance, and we can't do it. And we're not going to go far if we can't do it. You know, this came up throughout the course of the regular season, too, Alan. I appreciate the phone call. And, you know, to the Packers' credit, they were able to find a way to win some of those games. But it's not lost on me how the Ravens came storming back against the Packers and were a two-point conversion away from winning that game in Baltimore with a backup quarterback. It's also not lost to me on how the the Rams came storming back. The Packers were annihilating the Rams at Lambeau Field. The Rams are a good football team. Green Bay didn't score in the fourth quarter. The Rams scored 11 points, and all of a sudden that's getting a little too interesting. Uh, And then, of course, a a wild game in Minnesota, uh, a game in which the Packers lost 34-31, certainly had their chances. It's happened on a couple of occasions. You win those games, and that's great, right? You find a way to win because come postseason time, You never know what's going to happen. So the ability to win close games, I think, is certainly a good thing, better than the alternative. But you hate seeing teams come back that are out of it. Now, today, Detroit was in control for the bulk of the game through the first half, a half that Aaron Rodgers did play. And it was Jordan Love in the game in the second half, and the Packers were able to take a lead. Okay. And then they stumbled down the stretch, right? Allowing a a, rather long drive, six plays, 75 yards in the fourth quarter. That led to a touchdown and a 34-30 game. Detroit would add a field goal following the second of Love's interception to to ultimately put the game away. And the Packers had chances in this game, but uh, they just kind of, they stumbled after they took the lead. They stumbled in having to fight their way back to take the lead. Uh, There were a couple of stretches, uh, I suppose, that were okay, but, but really this was not a strong defensive performance, especially in the fourth quarter. Regardless of who's on the field, there were plenty of starters, by the way, in the second half. Uh, it was not a great defensive performance. But I'm not taking this with me to the postseason. I'm just not. I'm not willing to say this game is the reason why the Packers may stumble in the postseason. If you want to look at the overall trend, the trend is the offense is in a good spot. The trend is the defense, in terms of points allowed, is going the wrong direction. Hopefully, Jair Alexander back helps, you're not going to see Zadaria Smith. He will not play again for the Green Bay Packers. The only snaps he will play this season, we're back in week one, he is done. I'm not sure how injured he is, to be perfectly honest. Uh, you, you're, just, you, you're not going to see him. He, he's done as a member of the Green Bay Packers after this season. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here. Pretty busy day in the NFL. No games on Thursday. We had a couple of games yesterday. No Monday night football, so a pretty packed action here on Sunday. Let's get a little walk around the league. 
presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. Started the NFC North where the Vikings hosted the Bears in a game that meant nothing, really. Chicago led 14-3 at the half. The second half belonged to Minnesota. Play action, straight drop. He's been sacked all day, just throws it up, and it is intercepted. Patrick Peterson's first interception wearing purple. He's to the 40, he's to the 30, and he is gone. Call courtesy of KFAN, the Vikings radio network. Minnesota scored 21 unanswered in the fourth quarter to secure a 31-17 win. Minnesota finishes the season 8-9. and The Bears fall to 6-11. and In Baltimore, a must-win game for the Ravens and for the visiting Steelers. Tied at 3 at the half, the Ravens took control in the third. Carry right side, he's got another hole, 40, 35-30. Latavius Murray, 20, 10, 5, touchdown Ravens! The longest run of the year for the Ravens, and it runs them into the lead for the first time today. Jerry Sandusky with the call, WBAL, the Ravens game day network. The Steelers would respond with a fourth quarter touchdown that ultimately sent the game to overtime, where both teams had multiple chances, but it was the Steelers who converted on a fourth and eight to set up Chris Boswell's game-winning field goal. 16-13 the final. The win keeps the Steelers alive, pending the result of tonight's game between the Chargers and Raiders. The Ravens have been eliminated, and so have the Colts. Taylor, the running back, under center. They hand it to Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. He didn't do it. He did not get there. The Jags have stuffed him again at the one-yard line. Jaguars radio network with the call. Jonathan Taylor was stuffed on fourth and goal from the one. That's only a part of the story, however. The Colts trailed 23-3 at the time. It was a win-and-you're-in situation for Indianapolis, who were absolutely dreadful in falling to the Jaguars, the lost end their season, and also likely ends the MVP discussion for running back Jonathan Taylor. The Tennessee Titans are the number one seed in the AFC after a 28-25 win over the Houston Texans. In the NFC, it was Washington over New York 22-7 in a game that meant nothing. Browns over the Bengals 21-16. Bengals locked into their playoff position, rested a number of key starters today. At the half in Tampa Bay, it's the Buccaneers leading the Panthers 10-7. Tom Brady getting the Buccaneers into the end zone with just seconds to go in the first half after the Panthers were stuffed at the goal line the other direction. The Arizona Cardinals looking to improve their standing in the postseason and possibly catch the Rams for the NFC West Division lead. They trail the Seattle Seahawks. It is 17-10. Game is near the half in Arizona. Dolphins over the Patriots 17-7. Those Rams lead the 49ers 17-3 in the third quarter. Bills over the Jets 10-7. And the Saints running away from the Falcons 24-6. New Orleans still alive in the NFC playoff race. They need a win and a 49ers loss. And a little help here. So it's possible the Saints could wake up tomorrow or end the day tonight as the final playoff team in the NFC. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. We have more after this on the Packers Radio Network. They stack two receivers left. Snap to Jordan Love. Gives to Tanner up the middle. Bursting his way straight ahead. Touchdown! So the Packers get right back into it in the opening minute of the fourth quarter. It's now 24-22 to Detroit. For every Packers touchdown scored this season, Sargento donates $2,000 to help fight hunger through its Touchdowns for Hunger program, shared by Milwaukee's Hunger Task Force and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. So we had a few touchdowns for the Packers today. 
That means a total donation of, carry the one, $6,000 to fight hunger in Wisconsin. Benefiting Hunger Task Force in Milwaukee and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. Sargento, the official cheese of the Green Bay Packers. Over $100,000 donated as part of that program this season. Welcome back in. It's Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Just a few minutes wrapping up hour number one. We will go till 6 o'clock tonight at 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Let's chat with Jim in West Bend. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Jim. Hi. I uh, I really believe it's time to take the rose-colored glasses off here. Uh, the Packers and well, the last wearing games have given up 28 points. Who's wearing them, Jim? Uh, all the people. Oh, believe me, they're out there. They're out there. Okay. Anyways, I, hey, I just got to make sure you're not talking uh, anyways, about me because I'm, I'm not happy about me... the Packers' defense either. Okay. Well, just let me make that point. I'd appreciate it. And then, then uh, all I'm saying is, uh, as soon as a good team with a really good offense comes to town, they're going to lose. I mean, it's just time to accept it. It's like an 18-year-old girl who's going out with a guy who thinks, oh, my God, he's the, he's the perfect thing. They don't have a chance. They do not have a chance. So why, why do you say that, Jim? Because they, they, Jim, made. hold on. Jim, they've beaten good teams, that no playoff teams at, at Lambeau Field. So why, why are you writing them off as an absolute zero? No chance of winning. They've already beaten playoff caliber teams at Lambeau this season. Uh, if okay. you're telling people to take right. off the rose-colored glasses, the you need to take they... off your black-colored glasses. Like, get a good view of this and be logical. <laughs> oh, okay. They have their their special teams are terrible. Their defense is subpar. The only thing they have is Aaron Rodgers and Dylan and a couple of good wide receivers. As soon as this thing comes to a head, and it, they might win one game at home, but they ain't going to win two. Well, at least I got and back. At least I got back it. back to square, Jim. That's a big deal. They, they get a playoff win, then it's the NFC Championship game, and anything can happen. See, you're already starting to spin the right direction. Listen, I, I mean, you you guys you guys can sit here and spin as long as you want. Hey, is is Larrabee going to be over at the new uh, station, or or how's this going to work now? Jim, you're asking questions. I don't know the answer to. I'm here to talk about football. David's in Mequon joining us next on Packers OT. Hi, David. Hi, good evening. Um, I agree with you about what the, the trend with the uh, defense. Um, I certainly was not happy to see that the Packers gave up 37 points to a Detroit Lions team that's not offensively uh, a juggernaut, as, as we would say. Uh, but the, the flip side is, is that um, if Alexander does come back to play, that certainly will help. Uh, Campbell did not play at linebacker today, who's a huge uh, difference maker at the linebacking core. And uh, the other thing I would add is this. Um, I think the Packers have to bench Amari Rodgers. He just keeps making bad decisions on special teams. Uh, whether it was at the end zone when he ran it out towards the end of the game and he wasted some time, and we actually would have had better field position had he just kneeled down in the end zone. Uh, to the fact that, you know, uh, Mason Crosby uh, missed another extra point today, which is not good. He's been, you know, trending. Uh, you know, it's 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 almost scary to watch him go on the field these days, uh, you know, watch him kick the ball. And they have a hard time with, uh, you know, kickoff returns. Um, they looked a little better today, but 
at the end of the day, they definitely have to work on some of those aspects because if they don't, that will come back to bite them. And when it's a close game, you know, as you know, you can't make those type of crucial mistakes going forward. Appreciate the phone um, call, so. David. we got a break for the top of the hour. I will address those thoughts. I share some of them. We'll do it after this on the Packers Radio Network. Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not come through, so it's something that I want to make sure I do today. Now, hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one place, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. Regular season is over. The Packers fall in Detroit, 37-30, the final. The postseason begins in a couple of weeks for the Green Bay Packers. Their division around opponent to be determined. We also don't know a date yet. Packers could play on Saturday of that weekend or Sunday. It's got to wait and see as uh, the NFC and AFC sort things out here, not only tonight, but in the wild card round of the playoffs. Welcome back in. It's Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. It's Pella Now, Pay Later at Pella Windows and Doors. Five months, no first payment, plus five years, no interest. For details, visit PellaWI.com. Another hour of the program here at 855-616-1620. If you would like to join us, before we get back to your thoughts, we'll step aside 10 seconds for stations to identify themselves on the Packers Radio Network. You're listening to WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee, a good karma brand station. Take it from me, Mark Tauscher. Orthopedic Associates has what it takes to stay in the game. There is a difference. Welcome back in, 855-616-1620. If you would like to join us here, John is in Milwaukee. Joining us next, you're on Packers OT. Hello, John. Hey, how's it going tonight? I'm doing uh, well, thank you. Yeah, this more comments, not to jump on Mari uh, Rogers' bandwagon, of, you know, dissing him, but he should have caught that ball that, uh, uh, who's the quarterback, second-string quarterback for the Packers, what's his name? Uh, Jordan Love. Jordan Love. He should have caught that ball that Jordan Love threw to him, even though it got tipped. And then on that uh, kickoff return, they shouldn't have taken it out. But when he did take it out, he runs the ball. He had some good momentum going, and they stop as soon as they hit the pile. You know, anybody they put back there, they have to teach to, you know, pick your seam and run. Don't stop when you start running into people. As soon as you stop your legs, you know, you're toast on a kickoff return. And, oh, another comment tonight on this playoff game tonight, too, was um, if the Raiders and the Chargers tie, they're both in the playoffs. That's right, and the Steelers are out. This right. is a crazy so situation. Kind of a weird game. Yeah, I wonder if they just take a knee throughout the whole game, right? <laughs> like just nobody yeah, scores anything. Like, just... <laughs> That'd be amazing. You know, maybe they don't want the maybe they don't want the Steelers in there, and they kind of agree to tie or something. It's kind of a strange scenario. That is a very strange scenario. I appreciate the phone call, John. I, I you know, it, it's not been a great season for Amari Rogers. I'm still trying to figure out what he's best at. You know, as a third round pick, you'd like to see a little bit more. Um, and, and I get it. I mean, it's not easy to crack the Packers receiving core as a rookie. I mean, you think about all the rookies in Packers history. I think Randall Cobb had fewer than 30 receptions as a rookie. But he was lights out on special teams as a return man. 
And it's kind of what happens in Green Bay, right? A younger player gets woven into the return mix, and then when they become something on offense or defense, I suppose it could go that way too, they are taken out of the mix because, well, they're just too valuable. And there was a shift. And I don't know, to me it's kind of an organizational philosophy thing, more so than it is a coordinator thing. Just think about all the different special teams coordinators in Packers history. Right? I don't know, John Bonamego, Mike Stock, right? You could come up with all these different names. Ron Zook, Maurice Drayton, right? There have been several. But ask yourself this before you get on the coordinator, when was the last time the Packers had truly excellent special teams? Collectively. In my mind, it's 1996, and that team won the Super Bowl. In fact, the Super Bowl MVP was a return man in Desmond Howard. William Henderson was the starting fullback, and he was a stalwart on special teams. Craig Hendrick was the punter. Ron Wolf, after letting Craig Hendrick walk in free agency, said that was one of the worst mistakes he ever made. And Chris Jackie was, a, was an aging kicker, but he was steady. When Ted Thompson took over, I think the organizational philosophy was to make special teams a collection area for the inexperienced. And Brian Gutekunst is a student of Ted Thompson. So this is where we stand. Undrafted rookie free agents, first and second year players primarily. You might see a third year player enter the mix. Right? A guy like Oren Burks or Ty Summers. But the reality is they're not good enough to really crack the linebacking rotation. So they're used on special teams. And they become decent special teamers. They've had some individuals. Jeff Janis was a pretty good gunner. Jared Bush was a special teams captain the last time the Packers won a Super Bowl. There have been some individuals, but collectively, you haven't seen outstanding special teams, really in every aspect. I'm having trouble hearing you. I'm sorry, Siri. Since 1996. And to me, this is more about organizational philosophy than it is who the coordinator is. Because they have turned and burned on coordinators. Right? A year here, maybe two years out of this guy, another year and a half, two years out of this guy. Mo Drayton's going to come back next year, but it's not until the organizational philosophy shifts that I anticipate a an uptick in special teams. And it's primarily with the return units. And the kicking game has been pretty solid. They've got a punter. I, I believe Corey Bohorquez is an outstanding punter. I am more on the edge of my seat than ever on Mason, but I still trust him overall. I've become less believing of the operation. That's been a thing that we've focused on more now than ever. But this needs a a philosophical change, not a coordinator change. 855-616-1620. To get back to the caller's point, no, I don't trust Amari Rodgers either. I think he'd be a part of the roster in the postseason, but they tried that guy out more uh, a couple of weeks ago. He wasn't able to go today, but that may end up being an option. Sort of a (laughs) welcome to the party. You know, we're in the stretch run of the regular season. Can you please help us? Because I don't find any reason to trust Amari Rogers' returning kicks in the postseason. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here in the program. Bill is next in Rockford, Illinois. Hello, Bill. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Greg. How are you? I'm doing well. What do you got? Uh, Greg, can you hear me? I can. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Zadari Smith, you said... Okay, you said Zadarius Smith um, is not coming back this year. Is it co- you said it wasn't really an injury. It's Can you tell us what it is? I, there's something bigger going on here, Bill. 
Uh, I think there are some hurt feelings with Zedaria Smith. This is my own speculation in, in reading of the tea leaves. Frustrated he wasn't a team captain. Frustrated he didn't get a contract extension in the offseason. He took the field against New Orleans in week one. I don't know how significant the back surgery he underwent was, um, nor do I know where that surgery took place. Sometimes if it's a more specialized surgery, they send you off to somewhere somewhere else. Uh, perhaps it's a more significant deal. Um, but I believe that he's done in Green Bay. I, I, I don't think they're going to activate him for the postseason. It's just my gut feeling. And I don't think he's coming back next year with a new contract in place. I, I just don't see it happening. So uh, of all the players that have uh, Matt LaFleur has been asked about, David Bakhtiari, Josh Myers, Jair Alexander, at the top of that list, Zadarius has been also brought up. There's been more, more to the conversation on Bakhtiari, Myers, and Jair. I've asked about Zadarius Smith. I think Ryan Wood of the Press Gazette asked about Zadarius Smith uh, on Wednesday or Thursday of last week, and there's just nothing. There's just nothing from LaFleur that gives you any confidence He's going to be back on the field. And he started to get that with Bakhtiari and uh, with Alexander and certainly Myers, too. I think he was maybe left out of the conversation um, just because of status as a rookie and not an all-pro. But I don't have a great feeling about Zadarius Smith coming back at all. And I don't think there's going to be a new contract for him. 855-616-1620. If you would like to join us here, who do you want to see come to Green Bay? Is there a team you don't want to see come to Green Bay? Uh, as I mentioned that, the Buccaneers have taken a 17-7 lead over the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the Niners are fighting back against the Rams. Debo Samuel with a touchdown pass in that game. That guy freaks me out. Running the football, throwing the football, receiving the football. That's a player I do not want to see in Green Bay, unless he's playing for the Packers, of course. Jim is up next in Sockville. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Jim. Yeah, how are you doing? Yeah, first on Jerry Smith. I, I guess I was kind of put off how easily these national pundits have suggested four or five weeks ago that uh, all our players were coming back when uh, I saw no evidence of the kind. And to date, uh, you know, we just got Bakhtiari uh, back today. So uh, I, was, I was a little frustrated, disappointed, and a bit angry that these national pundits just go out there and uh, spread these rumors and always wondered where they were getting their information from because it was obviously uh, (laughs) not truthful. Um, The other thing is with regards to rose-colored glasses, I just would hope, you know, I watch the games, and if someone wants to call in and suggest that, you know, there's this juggernaut offense out there that's going to come in the Green Bay and we're just going to fold, you know, just tell me what team is that, and is it going to be their running game or passing game? Because I just don't see it. Yes, the Cowboys have at times, they've been the most prolific offense, but they haven't been able to call upon that offense when it's really counted against certain teams this year. So that's all I'm asking for. If you want to say I'm wearing rose color glasses, suggest how I'm being filtered and give me a specific team and how they're going to go about do it. So based on that, I can't rule out our chances given what I'm seeing coming out of these other teams. 
Yeah, I, there is no middle ground with it, right? You're either wearing the rose-colored glasses, as uh, one caller suggested, saying it's not so bad, it's fine, the team's going to be fine, they're undefeated at Lambeau Field. Or you could have what our caller had on, which I described as black-colored glasses, means you're not seeing anything here. You're not paying attention saying the Packers are... I, no way are they going to win a game in the postseason. Uh, that is a ridiculous statement. The truth of the matter is this. The Packers are undefeated at Lambeau Field this season. The other truth and reality is this. They will see a team coming off a win in the postseason when the divisional round begins, right? you got wild card weekend in the NFL. handful of teams are going to win and move on. The other team's done. See ya. Get ready for the draft. So, yes, any team coming to Green Bay is going to be riding a little wave of momentum because they'll be coming off a playoff victory. I still think it's a tremendous benefit to have the bye week. Absolutely. Two home games to get to the Super Bowl? Sign me up for that any time. And the Packers earned that opportunity to rest Aaron Rodgers for the second half of today's game and rest Devontae Adams and several others because of what they did in the regular season. Uh, Their biggest stumble was way back in week one. Injuries, things are starting to catch up to the Buccaneers, although they're looking nice today. Dallas put up a 50-burger on a team yesterday. That was impressive. And Dak looks like he's sort of turned a corner. Their defense has been very much reliant on the turnover, which can be a little deadly. Matthew Stafford just turned it over again. That's a high-powered passing attack. Does that work in Lambeau Field toward the end of January? Right, The Cardinals had their sort of late-season slide at the end of the third quarter of the season, beginning of the fourth. So I, no team is no team is just unbeatable here in the NFC. Uh, in fact, last year at this time, I thought the Packers and Buccaneers were probably the best teams, and the Buccaneers were playing better. But the equalizer, I had hoped, was the Packers playing at home. It turned out there was a, a sloppy game, and the Packers turned over Tom Brady several times, but still couldn't put that game away. That was the unfortunate part. But playing at Lambeau Field is no joke, man. Right? Absolutely no joke. Good luck with that. 855-616-1620 if you would like to join us here. Got about 40 minutes left in the program. I do want to get you caught up to date on what is happening around the league and what is already in the books in a very entertaining Week 18. Our local around the league is presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. 18 teams mathematically alive for the postseason when the week began. Only the Packers had their position secured. The number one seed in the AFC, it tilted in favor of the Chiefs after their Saturday afternoon win over the Broncos, so the Titans needed a win today over the Texans to get it back. They started fast. Texans set to rush four. They may blitz. Here they come. Tannehill firing complete. Brown, 10, 5, end zone. Touchdown, Titans! That's A.J. Brown. 14-0 the score at the time. Titans radio with the call, but the Texans came back with 15 points in the fourth. Tennessee, however, took the ball with a little over four minutes left and never gave it back. So 28-25 the final. The Tennessee Titans, without Derrick Henry for the bulk of the season, enter the playoffs as the number one seed in the AFC. In Jacksonville, big game for the Colts. It was a win-and-you're-in situation. The Jaguars haven't won a lot this season. But they wanted no part of it. Shotgun. Oh, a high snap, but Trevor handles it. Scrambles away from trouble. Fires toward the back of the end zone. That ball is caught for the touchdown. Marvin Jones Jr. in the back of the end zone. What a play by Trevor Lawrence. And Jacksonville has extended the lead. Jags radio with the call. One of two touchdown passes on the day for Lawrence. 
The Colts were terrible today. 26-11, the final. A devastating loss for the Colts. They have not won in Jacksonville, by the way, since 2014. 0-5. I think they lost in London as well. And as soon as the Colts game ended, all their fans, all the Indianapolis Colts, they became fans of the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore at home today against the Steelers in a must-win for both teams. History was made today. Huntley in the gun. Freeman to his left. Wide side to his right. Fakes the handoff. Big rush. He's hit! T.J. Watt has the sack back at the five-yard line. And that breaks the record. Steelers radio with the call. Watt ties the record from uh, set by Michael Strahan that ultimately broke the record. So 22 and a half sacks for T.J. Watt this season. A miraculous season for the former Wisconsin Badger. The game would go to overtime, by the way. Chris Boswell connected on a 36-yard field goal. The win keeps the Steelers alive and eliminates the Ravens and Colts. The only way the Steelers are eliminated from the playoffs is if the Chargers and Raiders tie tonight on Sunday Night Football. Now, the other twist is this. If the Chargers and Raiders tie tonight on Sunday Night Football, they both get in. What would you do? Little halftime meeting of the coaches? Ah, You just want to take a knee? You don't want to stab, Pat, do you? Do you have incentives? We'll, We'll allow your guy to get a sack. We'll allow our guy to rush for 200 yards. But no points. I don't want any points. 0-0, 0-0, we tie, we both go to the postseason. I, it's going to be wild tonight. Absolutely wild. Elsewhere around the lead, the Saints over the Falcons 24-6. It's a must-win for the Saints, whose NFC playoff hopes are still alive. Now, interesting game right now in Los Angeles. The Rams and 49ers are tied at 17. 49ers hoping to hang on to that playoff spot. It would be the final in the NFC. Bills over the Jets 13-7, 12.30 to go in the third quarter. It's the Dolphins over the Patriots with about eight minutes left to go in the third, 17-10. Seahawks and Cardinals knotted up at 17 in the desert. The Cardinals trying to catch the Rams for the top spot in the NFC West Division and a division title. Buccaneers over the Panthers 17-7. Browns over the Bengals 21-16. Case Keenum with the start instead of Baker Mayfield. It was the Vikings over the Bears 31-17. Bears might be looking for a new head coach. They finished the season with a record of 6-11. Washington and New York also played today with the Washington football team earning the win. And later tonight, as I mentioned, it's the Chargers and Raiders on Sunday night football. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. More after this on the Packers Radio Network. Here's the snap and the placement. Swing to the right leg and the kick is up. And it is good. So the Packers uh, cap that drive with a three-pointer. 7.38 to go in the third. Detroit 24, Green Bay 16. A Mason Crosby 36-yard field goal capped at 11-play 56-yard drive in 5 minutes 12 seconds. The Packers still trailed at that point in the third quarter, however, 24-16. to And a reminder that Sartori Cheese donates $1,000 to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin for every field goal by Green Bay. So far this season, a total of $25,000 to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin. That's $24,000 plus the one field goal today. So tack on another grand to make $25,000. I did short the Packers a touchdown, by the way, in our Touchdowns for Hunger program. Uh, Four touchdowns for the Packers today. So $8,000 donated as part of that program, not six. You start going for two, and and the math gets all wonky, and it's... I don't even remember what I had for lunch. 855-616-1620. We've got Mike in Chicago joining us next on Packers OT. Hey, Mike. 
Hey, Greg, let's talk again. Yeah, I, I just, um, I, I think it's a repeating what's been on the show already. Their defense is still very suspect. I think when push comes to shove, I really don't think they're going to make it. And if there's a team that I fear the most, I think it would be Dallas. I mean, they've got a lot of weapons on the outside offensively, and they've got a solid running game, and they've got a really good front seven defensively with Parsons and Gregory. I got a feeling if they play Dallas, Parsons is He's going to be in the backfield all day. I just, I don't see them. I don't see them advancing, Greg. And they could be one and done, in my opinion. I really and truly think that. I, I don't know if you agree with that, but I think it's going to be another disappointing loss and another disappointing season without a Super Bowl. I mean, I mean, what, what do they have to do? Three NFC Championship games and lose all three? I just, I feel that's what's going to happen. I, I have really no confidence in their defense. Um, they started out well. And as you said, uh, and if once Alexander gets back, I don't think he's going to be in game shape. I mean, you don't sit out eight or nine games and come come back and play like a pro bowler. It's just, uh, uh, I think it's going to be disappointing, Greg. I really and truly do. Uh, I, I hope you're wrong, Mike. I think you hope you're wrong as well. I, it certainly could be the case. Um, but without knowing the matchup, it's it's impossible for me to say. Uh, it really is. Uh, you got to see who the matchup is. What's the path? Once we have a better understanding of the path to the Super Bowl, I think we can all chime in, and we all will, and make our predictions and what we think is going to happen. I, I think your your message on Alexander is well taken. We saw David Bakhtiari leave the game, uh, I think it was in the second quarter today, and he looked exhausted on the sidelines. I get it. That's a, a 300-pound man and not a cornerback. Uh, but how will Alexander be used if he is cleared to play? And I do think he will be. In fact, I think he would have played today had he not been on the COVID list. But what will be his role, right? Is it is it spot duty? Is it in the slot? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how they are going to use him. Do you just plug him in to his old spot and say, let her rip? Do you have to have a rotation of sorts? Like, like that is really going to be interesting to me because I do believe he's going to be healthy enough. I do believe he belongs on the field. Of the two, I would have been a little more nervous about Bakhtiari getting back on the field with his first snap being in the postseason, then Alexander. Uh, but there's certainly plenty to wonder about. So I hope Mike is wrong. I, I certainly hope it's not a one-and-done situation. I, for the Packers to advance, Aaron Rodgers needs to play like an MVP. Uh, to me, it's that simple. This defense is okay. They are capable. But they have trended the wrong direction since shutting out Seattle. So now they're back to a similar position as previous years' defenses have been, I, I do think they're, I do think they're a little more physical. I think they're a better tackling team than at any point during the Mike Pettin era. I, they gave up a lot of run uh, yards on the ground to Baltimore, Chicago, and again to Cleveland. I, I would not have said going into that stretch that run defense was an issue for the Packers all season long, and I, I think they've corrected it a little bit in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and then special teams just not making mistakes, uh, I think, will be an improvement over what we've seen. So, yes, I certainly hope you're wrong, but let's see the path. Let's see the path first. Uh, I got a lot of notes here on the text line saying, bring on Dallas, bring back Mike McCarthy. They can't throw it in the cold weather. I have others saying, we don't want to see Dallas. I do not want to see the Dallas Cowboys are the hottest team right now in the NFC. It's an interesting question. Is there a team you don't want to see come to Green Bay more so than another? 855-616-620 if you'd like to weigh in on Twitter. It's at G Matzik. More Packers 
OT coming up in just a moment. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. And Love takes the snap, throws a slant right side. It's dropped incomplete. Oh, it's intercepted. C.J. Moore down the right side, angled out of bounds. It appeared to go off the hands of Amari Rodgers, and C.J. Moore picked it off. Today's turning point of the game presented by your Wisconsin Toyota dealers. Dear Winter, almost nothing stands in the way of a new Toyota, and the new 2022 lineup is hotter than ever. Cozy up, Toyota. Toyota, let's go places. Turning point in today's game, it came in the fourth quarter. Packers trailed 34-30 at the time. Following a Lions touchdown, Jordan Love had an opportunity, but ultimately uh, threw an interception. It, it went off the hands of a Lions defender and toward the hands of Amari Rodgers, who just couldn't pull the ball in. Uh, the ball deflected off of Rodgers' hands into the arms of a Detroit defender, and it ultimately set up a, a field goal. And that gave the Lions a 37-30 lead. That was the final score in today's game in Detroit. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Still got a few calls to get to here on the program, 855-616-1620. Let's uh, talk to Rocky in Kenosha. You're up next. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Rocky. Hey, how's it going? Listen, I wanted to support your you know, thoughts on the special teams problem being more of a structural problem than anything. I mean, let's look, and I love Goot. He's done a great job with the draft. This isn't about bashing anybody. But when you move up to get Savage and give up two fourth-round picks, you know, where maybe we could have waited at 30 or whatever the pick was and still got him, and, you know, and then you also move up to take Jordan Love and you give away another fourth, That's three fourth-round draft choices in two years. Guess what? Those are special team guys. I mean, look at all the great talent that we've gotten in the third, fourth, and even fifth rounds. You know, so you can't can't move up to fill a need. I I mean, I, I don't understand the Jordan Love pick. I'm not about bashing him. I thought to help us win a Super Bowl, it wasn't the best move. We actually could have took another defender there and then kept our fourth. So realistically, you know, you're talking about two or three or possibly four guys that, you know, help us in in those areas too and still maybe keep Savage at 30 or whatever. So, you know, there's really nothing to complain about if that's the way you choose to go out and do your business, you know. So that's just what I think about it personally. Yeah, I appreciate the phone call, Rocky. So it kind of echoes what I had said before. I I just think it's a, a philosophy to not put marquee players on return units for a variety of reasons. And, and, and that's okay. I mean, if you want to go down that path, it's just a collection area of the inexperienced. And the Packers' best players are not playing special teams. And they haven't really since 1996. That's the truth. So I, until there's an organizational change uh, with the philosophy, I, I don't think it matters who the coordinator is. I, I really don't. So I don't think it's a Mo Drayton issue. There might be some little things that you point to, but I, I really do believe it's the collection of players used, and it has been since Mike McCarthy arrived, or more accurately, since Ted Thompson arrived in Green Bay. Al is in Chicago joining us next. Greetings, Al. Yeah, greetings, Greg. Um, I'm not really 
afraid of anybody, but I'm watching the San Francisco game, and they've got uh, more than a decent running attack, and their front seven has really picked it up in the second half. So if there was a team like that, especially with Debo Samuel in the backfield, that kind of scares me a little bit. But I think we can offset that with our running attack as well. I like A.D. Dalton and Aaron Jones. Yeah, I appreciate the phone call, Al. Yeah, the Niners are a very interesting team. The Packers beat them earlier this season on a last-second field goal by Mason Crosby, one that almost got blocked, if you remember. That was another game where the Packers had a lead, a lot of team to come back, and it was like, this game is closer than it should be. Uh, you are right about Debo Samuel. I, this guy is an absolute joy to watch play. I, he is built like a tank. Running back, wide receiver, he's thrown for a touchdown pass today. I, not that one game, one guy can... You know, it, it is everything for the Niners, but uh, he does everything for the Niners. And they also have a very good tight end. Packers historically have, have struggled against uh, active tight ends, and Garoppolo is playing fine. He, down the stretch, so I think has played much better than when the Packers saw him earlier this season. I think Trey Lance had a touchdown in that game, too, if I remember correctly. Uh, the Niners are an interesting team. They are 9-7 and seven and look much better than other teams of a similar record. Uh, that that's how I would categorize the Niners. It, it's kind of how you're playing. I think about the Ravens after Week Five of the regular season. Whew, look out for that team, and then it just fell apart. And, and the Ravens are now on the outside of the playoffs, looking in. They will not be a postseason team. The Niners started a little clunky, and got it together at the right time. So going into the playoffs, you feel like they've got a wave of momentum now, tied with the Rams at seventeen all. Uh, about 10 minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. So divisional game, a lot on the line here for the Niners as the the Saints have a rather comfortable lead over the Falcons. Uh, I would agree. The Niners are a team that that frightens me. I, the, the benefit is that the Niners are also a, a team capable of you know, taking out a, a Dallas or a Tampa Bay. Like You could see that happening, right? So we'll see how the matchups all sort out, but... Yeah, before I get too much into where I think the Packers are going in the postseason, I want to see the path. The path means something. It really does. It absolutely means something. Is a pass-happy offense coming to Green Bay in late January? Good luck. Right? Is a team with a poor run defense coming to Green Bay in late January? Tough to win with that. So I want to see the path before I get on board with a prediction for how I think the Packers are going to do come postseason time. That's the luxury of being the number one seed. You get the wait. Kind of figure it out as it goes on. Sounds like it's going to be a, a relatively normal week of practice, though. I know it's a bye week technically, uh, but the Packers are going to try and get some work in, according to Matt LaFleur. Uh, LaFleur did say that David Bakhtiari came out of the game just more due to he was tired. Uh, it's just a conditioning thing. And uh, we'll await the results on Shandon Sullivan, who injured his knee, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who suffered a back injury. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. More after this on the Packers Radio Network. When the crowd is rocking and, and, and yelling and standing up, it's tough. You know, it makes it really hard on the closing team's offense for uh, verbal communication, cadence, and different things. So I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to having a full crowd, uh, good old Green Bay weather. It's been an advantage for us for a long time, and I think it would be an advantage having 78,000 instead of 7,800 like we did last year. 
Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Greg Matzik with you until 6 o'clock. It is on to the postseason for the Green Bay Packers following a 37-30 loss to the Detroit Lions. A lot of interesting notes here on the text line. Uh, callers as well at 855-616-1620. Uh, people frustrated with the way today's game ended after the Packers took a fourth quarter lead. People bashing the defense, getting on Jordan Love. What I know is this. The Packers have the MVP and Aaron Rodgers. They have the number one seed, and the road to the Super Bowl in the NFC goes through Green Bay. We've seen that movie before. I get it. The last two years, we have seen the Packers in the NFC Championship game, one on the road against a 49ers team that, in my opinion, was far and away better than the Green Bay Packers going into that contest, and last year against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that I also thought was playing better than the Packers at that point. The Packers, I still believe, should have won that game, but it was not a flawless performance. And you might be feeling that Aaron Rodgers has to be darn near perfect for the Packers to pull out a win. They might need to score 30 points. That may be the case. But I feel different about this year's team than last year's team and the previous. I feel better about this team going into the postseason than I did the last two years. I don't know if you're with me on that, but I do. Overall body of work, I think, is better. Even though the defense has taken a little bit of a a downturn, since that shutout win over the Seattle Seahawks. I'm not sure how much Jair Alexander helps. I think it's better than the alternative, but it's hard for me to quantify just how much he helps and what the trickle-down effect is. Maybe Shannon Sullivan is gone. Maybe his knee injury is significant enough where he won't play. How do you deploy Russell Douglas and Eric Stokes and Kevin King, who is better when he's not guarding a speedster on the corner? So that's a a problem for Matt LaFleur, and I think it's a good problem to try and figure out, should Alexander be healthy. So I I remain optimistic about this team overall because I think it's a solid team. And and I don't fear any team in the NFC like I did last year and like I did the year before. And the Packers were 8-0 at Lambeau Field this season. So plenty of good things here in the Packers' corner going into the playoffs. Let's uh, go back to the phones. Joe is on the line from Hudson. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Joe. Yep, it's my turn. You bet. Go ahead. Hey, guys, can you hear me? Yes. Hello. Okay. Happy, Happy New Year. No, I have a simple question and uh, a sidebar question if you ever get to it. But the first question is, like, remember Edgar Bennett was the wide receivers coach, and it all became about yards after catch, right? I I'm trying to understand who the coach is teaching these DBs to make the tackle in the open field because that is the biggest difference in this defense. I know there's been a lot of shame thrown at them over your radio hour. I get that. But, like, who is teaching these guys to go up and make a tackle? Second thing you can sidebar and not even address is the scrib kick. I've never understood it. No one ever touches the ball until it's touched, and uh, it gives a field position. Okay, I'm going to hang up leave it to you. Hey, hey Joe, just look real quick. Are, are you saying the, the tackling in the defensive backfield, like are you being critical of it? Are you saying it's improved? Like what, what's your overall stance on it? No, I'm saying it's improved. I'm, I'm saying it's improved. Where do you, at what point, put a stat on that? Like everyone's all about that stat that, baloney but no no our cornerbacks adrian amos especially i know he's a safety 
No, they're making plays. They're getting guys down, and they're holding things within themselves. Yeah, I appreciate the phone call, Joe. I, I, I've said it throughout the season, but I, I think tackling has been improved overall uh, from Mike Pettin's defense. I don't think that's a philosophical thing. I just think they're, they're better tacklers, and maybe they have just players who are better at it, including Devondre Campbell. Uh, I, occasionally, Darnell Savage will go for the kill shot and try and plow somebody th- like just through them instead of getting him to the ground. That happened today, I think, a couple of times. Sometimes he gets caught in that mode. Uh, but I think overall, the Packers' tackling is I mean, its not a physicality issue. Like They are up to the task. Uh, it's, it's pretty rare where they get beat up at the line of scrimmage. It has happened, uh, but I don't look at it and say, Whoo, it's a finesse team. They have to get to the quarterback. It's all about speed and, and edge rushing. That was the case two years ago in the NFC Championship game against the 49ers, and Kyle Shanahan knew it. Yeah, go ahead. Try and stop our run. You can't do it. You guys are built on defense to stop the pass and get after the quarterback. Well, if we can run the ball, you're going to be playing from behind. Good luck. And Raheem Mostert is still running. Like, like that was an issue. That was such a glaring issue. Even going into the postseason, it, it was such an obvious game plan for the Niners, and the Packers couldn't stop it. I don't feel that way about this year's defense. Again, they've taken a downturn. I get it. And against the run, there's been a, a few games that I'm, I've been left head-scratching. And then they rebound and stopped Alvin Cook in his tracks at Lambeau Field. That was impressive. So I'm... I'm, I'm kind of neutral on the defense. I was very high on the defense early on this season. I, I've fallen to a point of neutral, but I'm not sour on it. But I think we're back to a point where the offense has to have a day. If the offense has a day, it's going to be awfully... We're at the point of the season now. You get one crack at it, man, and, and you got to make everything count. So we need everybody's best effort each and every day. We know nothing's going to be given to you. You have to earn everything you get. And so we'll we'll lick our wounds from this one, and and we'll move forward. Second season for Matt LaFleur's Packers begins in a couple weeks in the divisional round of the playoffs. Seeding still up for grabs here in the NFC with an assortment of games being played right now in the conference that will help shape the playoff field. Uh, The late game tonight is an AFC matchup, but still could affect things in that conference. The road to the Super Bowl in the NFC runs through Green Bay. In the AFC, it runs through Nashville, where the Tennessee Titans are the number one overall seed. Let's go to Hawaii, shall we? See, it's uh, just afternoon in Hawaii, right? Getting uh, near 1 o'clock in Honolulu. Mark joins us. Mark, you're on Packers OT. Hey, aloha. i got to just correct you. It's coming up on 2 o'clock here. 2 o'clock. Okay, uh, that's the difference. But, uh, yeah, I'm a, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a uh, removed Packer fan, or I say transplant Packer fan. I was born and raised in Milwaukee, but the uh, U.S. Navy took me to Hawaii, so that's why I'm in Honolulu right now. But anyway, I just want to say two things. Uh, one, I enjoyed listening to the Packer play-by-play on WTMJ radio during the game. I, I streamed the game on the radio and then sync it up with the TV, and I'd rather listen to our broadcasts and the guys on TV, so that's really great. Works well for me, uh, and the post-game show as well. I listen to that afterwards. But what I wanted to comment on is the two-point conversions. It seems like in the NFL and that coaches are going for two-point conversions after touchdowns more often than usual now. In years past, maybe they'd wait till the fourth quarter. There would be a lot more scoring to take place. You know, you'd see how valuable those points were, but but now it seems like, gosh, you miss a point after a kick, point after a touchdown kick, and then you're going for two points, chasing that two points. 
uh, sometimes more of the entire game, you're giving away points. So I'd like your opinion on that. Uh, listen for your answer after I hang out. Yeah, I appreciate the phone call, Mark. Thank you for your service as well. Hope you're uh, enjoying a nice day in Honolulu. Sounds great. I, I had wondered at the time, uh, there was a third quarter two-point conversion attempt that did not go well for the Packers. And I remember Mason Crosby missed an extra point earlier in the game. I had thought at the time, I wonder if Matt LaFleur does this in a meaningful game or if Aaron Rodgers is playing quarterback. That might have been just a, hey, I, this is good for Jordan Love. Put him in the situation type situation. Uh, but, you know, there used to be like a card and a sheet or whatever, and coaches would have it on the sidelines. And, you know, it used to say, like, it, it, we start going for two in the fourth quarter when we have to do it. Uh, the coaches just don't do that anymore. Uh, and I'm not using Matt LaFleur as an example. Uh, John Harbaugh is a good example in Baltimore. They go for two all the time. They got a great kicker. It, it's just it's more of a go for it league, just in general. Uh, I'd have to look this up uh, when the season comes to an end. And I know there was an extra game this year, so maybe it's skewed. But I want to see how many fourth down opportunities there were, and how many times the coach decided to go for it. Because it is way up. I, it has to be. I just. More coaches are saying, forget analytics, forget the, uh, you know, we'll just get out of here. It's fourth and two, so let's punt. They are more willing to go for it now than ever. It's really interesting stuff. We have got a couple weeks here now. Well, one weekend, I should say, to rest up for the postseason. The next time we greet you, it'll be from Lambeau Field, hopefully talking about a Packers win over an opponent. To be determined, keep up to date on what is going on here throughout the rest of the day. And then we'll Packers path to the Super Bowl. Hopefully, it's an easy one. I don't know what's easy in the postseason, but looking forward to the postseason beginning. Appreciate you being a part of our program each and every week here on the Packers Radio Network, where we sign off. We'll join you after the divisional round playoff game at Lambeau on the Packers Radio Network.